Emmy Award-winning John Mulaney presents Everybody's in L.A., a special run of six live episodes created by and starring Mulaney that'll stream live on Netflix during the Netflix is a Joke Fest. The comically unconventional show will feature special guests where John Mulaney explores the city of Los Angeles during a week when every funny person is in it. Watch John Mulaney Presents Everybody's in L.A., debuting May 3rd live at 7 p.m. Pacific Time, only on Netflix. Whether you're a morning person or a bedtime procrastinator, everyone deserves a mattress that works for their style. And you'll find the best mattress for you at Ashley. The new Temper Adapt Collection at Ashley brings you one-of-a-kind body-conforming technology, making every sleep tailored to be your best. The collection also features cool-to-the-touch covers and motion absorption to help minimize sleep disruptions from partners, pets, or kids. Shop the all-new Temper Adapt Collection at Ashley in-store or online at ashley.com. Ashley, for the love of home. There's no place to escape to. This is the last time. On the left. <laughs> That's when the cannibalism started. What was that? Do you think that Annie Lennox would have been made into a witch? Ooh, I love Annie I, Lennox. I was listening to Here Comes the Rain again today, looking at her, and she's just so fun and out there with it. Wait, you're listening to Here Comes the Rain, not Walking on Broken Glass? I do like that song, too, but Here wow. Comes the Rain again was just on the radio currently, and I listened to that, and I was just like, ooh, Annie Lennox, that's a mm. cool witch. And she would have yeah. been right there in the middle of it, and they all started twitching, and then she'd go up there and be like, Here Comes the Rain again. And then they'd all be like, yeah. And the fucking shirts Lennox. coming off and everybody's being like, let's fuck instead, let's fuck. And I just realized how upset I am that walking on broken glass wasn't in the movie Home Alone. Hmm. Huh. Is uh, Here Comes the Rain, is that, here comes the, the rain. rain. Is it that one? No. no. Here comes the rain again. Okay. Washing over me like a memory. She was in the rain. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, she's here. wet. Here but when you're in the again. rain, Marcus, you don't oh, think of yeah. songs. You're just like, I'm wet. I yeah. get inside. I'm wet. And he yeah. was like, let me bring up my notepad. Ooh. Isn't that nice? Welcome <laughs> to last podcast on the left, everyone. Here comes the rain. Yeah. Don't piss on my leg and tell me it's raining. That's Judge Judy. I am Ben <laughs> hanging out with Henry and Marcus. Yep. And we are on to the Salem Witch Trials Part 4. We're at the end. Can you feel yourself in the cart as you go towards your early grave, knowing that no matter what, your innocence has been tainted forever? Forever! You are a specimen of the devil, and that's how you'll ever be known. (gasps) But today, today, we exonerate these women. Oh, good. And some men? No. Okay. (laughs) Not the men, even though they were also innocent. They're fucked. Men were fucked. (laughs) Great, as always. So, when we last left Salem, the establishment had sent the second round of accused witches to their deaths, hanging five women in a single day on the say-so of a group of young girls collectively known as the Afflicted. Ooh, yeah, and that's not with a K in those, like, in the black metal (laughs) writing. I know what you're talking about. Now, while one might think that seeing five people horrifically hung in the manner which we described last episode might tamp down the furor surrounding the witch hunt, things only got worse once the people of Salem dunked their head in the bucket of blood. It was like an aperitif for them. As soon as they saw that first round, because I do think on some level, they were kind of hoping. They're like, all right, because we've talked about before, like that lull in activity in the the paranormal activity after the first round of hangings. It wasn't even the first round, just one person. It was one person and then five after that. Okay, but they were there was kind of a lull, right? They're kind of feeling, well, maybe we done it. 
Maybe yeah. we've here, we've done it, but right. guess what? The fake law keeps rolling on. Mm-hmm. Oh, rolling, rolling, rolling. <laughs> do not do limp biscuit, not today. Hard biscuit. <laughs> As a consequence, people in Salem were quickly realizing that getting captured and examined was an almost guaranteed fast track to conviction and public execution. No. However, while most of the people who knew this still played the game, there were others who tackled accusations from a different angle. Hmm. In Cambridge, a woman named Elizabeth Carey was accused and imprisoned, so her husband, a military man named Nathaniel, decided to actually do something about it. Yeah, this is a movie. I, I yeah. feel like they're, they're, this little segment right here, because it comes down to, it's like, I've got a certain set of skills. I could turn wheat into the shape of a woman. <laughs> and they don't know. They don't know that it's not you in there. It's actually just wheat. All right. <laughs> so we have a Liam Neeson taken situation. Is this about to be a superhero tale? It's taken. Okay. Well, knowing that she would hang if she went to trial, Carrie worked with an accomplice to break his wife out of prison. They were... Successful! They did it! That's cool. Which prison break? What were prisons back then? Just a whole series of different kinds of sticks? How did they (laughs) hold people? I mean, they're not like today. You can't break people out anymore. There actually was several versions of it. There was kind of shitty, kind of impromptu put up jails, right? Like they had to do stuff like that. There was also just the kind of the courthouse Mm -hmm. where like where the constables were. They'd have like a holding cell or two. There were essentially just shacks attached to the building. But also, I do believe there were, and I might be wrong, side stories lpodlgmail.com if you know because I'd love to know. I believe that they also dug ditches and had put people inside of ditches and then had sort of gratings put on top of them. Either way, mm. not the most difficult prisons to break out of, perhaps. Well, it's not super max, but it's going to be somewhat difficult. It's not going to be the easiest day, although sometimes you could just break someone out with an axe. Um, yeah, but- <laughs> sweet. That's fucking sweet. We broke them out with a sick guitar riff. Yeah. Uh, nice. Yes. Well, after Nathaniel stayed behind to take the heat for a couple of days while his wife got clear, Aww. the daring couple fled to New York City, where nobody gave a shit about witches because witches were bad for every business except rope. Ooh. Meanwhile, though, those who didn't have a bold military husband to arrange a jailbreak were left to face the music in Salem. On August 2nd, the court of Oye and Termine reconvened to hear the third round of witch trials, beginning with the so-called Queen of Hell, Martha Carrier. Now that's a big title. It yeah, because you got all these fucking witches. How she get to be the Queen of Hell? Like, why I mean, is she the one? Why is she in charge? Because she's last. I think she has the most amount of soot on her feet. Mmm, dirty-ass feet, but some people like that. I know. Unclear. Okay. Uh, maybe Unclear. It's, do you think that it was because she, like, she was, like, quine? Like, that style, <laughs> and everyone's been like, wow, girl, you go, girl. Like, it was like that, where they were all like, she was, like, a fashion icon or something? I, I think it was a lot like everything else where someone just said it, and it stuck. Yep. Maybe yeah. she wore Prada. Ooh, maybe it's Maybelline. <laughs> A carrier had been the woman whose sons had flipped after being tortured, discussed at the end of the last episode. But so many people testified against Carrier that the testimonies of her sons weren't even heard in court. Damn. Most notably, influential minister Cotton Mather used an oddly John Waters-esque insult when he referred to Martha Carrier as a, quote, rampant hag. Whatever, dog. That just means she's on that grind. She's in that grind culture out there being the queen of hell, being herself, supporting herself, being her own queen, right? Because when it comes yeah. down to it, queen ain't b- b- without anybody. She ain't a kang. She don't need a kang. 
Yeah, sure. Can one person be rampant? I think so. That's the yeah. idea. <laughs> and that's why I feel like we'll put it to our listeners. Be the rampant hag you know you can be. Because Fuck that yeah. means... I agree with that. Because sure. you're undeniable. Because you're just a hag who's everywhere, anywhere, <laughs> at all times. If you're a man, be a herg. <laughs> Is that the male version of a hag? I don't know. Yeah. I think it's Hard. an asshole. Oh, yeah. That's true, too. <laughs> Well, partly, people turned against Martha because she showed a seeming lack of empathy for the afflicted, while the rest of the community was bending over backward to take care of these poor, put-upon girls. Oh, it's kind of like how my mom did the thing when the Michael Jackson news, like, fully hit, and she was like, oh, when I got molested, no one took me to an amusement park. <laughs> Is it just that, where you just, like, you just been like, yeah, fuck the, yeah, these fucking other bitches ain't doing shit, right? I'm a rampant hag. I'm everywhere. I don't take a day off from being a bitch. I love that your mom has the same like ideas as Sam Kinison. <laughs> yes, she is. It's, it reminds me very much of Birdcage when uh, Nathan Lane's character was like, "Why don't they just let the babies die and they'll take the mothers down with the ship?" We're about abortions, and then Gene Hackman's like, "That's exactly what Rush Limbaugh said." <laughs> <laughs> However, again. Like it was with the fucking farm animals in the last episode, many of the people that testified against Martha Carrier did so because of petty disputes over property lines. Mm. And those subsequent arguments had ended in specific and somewhat witchy threats. The year previous, a neighbor named Abbott had gotten into a dispute over property boundaries with Martha Carrier, and she got so angry that she said she would, quote, stick as close to Abbott as bark to a tree. There's Abbott, there's me. There's Abbott, there's me. I'm a rampant fucking hack. Well, why would someone want to be around someone like bark on a tree that they hated? Because they can fucking eyeball you, dog. Yeah, okay. I'm on you. They're making sure, and then you ain't gonna fuck up nowhere, no how, not without this rampant hag fucking seeing it and calling you on your shit. I'm the queen of fucking hell. I hate <laughs> right. events. Okay. I mean, it just seems like she would be making her own life miserable, also. Hey, man, mm. Quine's gonna Quine. All yeah. right. Well, I think that's sort of the story of Salem right there is everyone making everyone else miserable at the expense of their own happiness. Nothing Got but you. net. Now, that threat wasn't too bad, but when she very cryptically said that Abbott would be sorry for causing trouble before seven years were through, she added that not even the most talented doctor in all the land would be able to save him. I'm liking her, man. I'm liking yeah. her, man. Don't you fucking dare <laughs> to say anything about her grass. I'm not messing with her. Soon after, of course, many of Abbott's cows fell ill and died. He was struck with severe pain on his side. His foot became infected and allegedly gushed several gallons of pus when it was lanced. And a series of sores on his groin also became filled with enough pus to need regular lancing. It just sounds like he was his body was trying to make another farmer. Yeah, it sounds like he got monkeypox, which, by the way, I've done a deep dive on that. You want to avoid it. <laughs> <laughs> really good advice. Oh, mamacita. Well, supposedly, though, once Carrier was arrested, her neighbor's groin sores began to heal, hmm. and no further lancing of the boils was required. And so, for the crime of coincidence, Martha Carrier was convicted and sentenced to hang. It's going to take four ropes to hang me. Mm -hmm. I guess so. So this guy got genital warts, and they blamed it on this poor woman? It sounds a lot more like herpes than genital warts, but, you know, not every sore in your groin has to be an STD. No, absolutely. He could really just be, it could be a wasting disease. It could be mm -hmm. a form of rampant psoriasis. Great. It, yeah. could, just straight it up, could just be bad pants. 
bad pants. <laughs> At the time, bad pants was like the cause of mo- like five percent of deaths <laughs> because they just gr- grind you down. Oh yeah, uh-huh. the old the old asbestos Levi's. I got uh-huh. to wear. That's why I switched up all my underwear to softer stuff because I really got sick of putting all this like cheap ass like coarse like Hanes dollar store fabric up against my most precious jewels. Hmm? Your ass. It's a good idea. Yes. <laughs> But while seemingly everyone was convinced of Martha Carrier's guilt, the next on the docket, John Proctor and his wife Elizabeth, were two of the accused whose possible guilt split the community. Mm. See, Proctor had garnered 51 signatures on two separate petitions from people attesting to his good character. This was just like Rebecca Nurse. She had also gotten a lot of signatures, and I think Elizabeth Howe had also gotten signatures. But Proctor was different from Rebecca for one reason. He not only had the respect of the community like she had, but he was also a landowning businessman. Man being the operative word here. Yeah. As someone who has had to petition before and get signatures, I'd rather be hung. It is very scary. <laughs> I hated it so much. Yeah, being hanged is much better than doing cold calls. What's your address? Can you fill it out? Make sure it's clean and, and so I can see God, it. God, he's just you just over them, just being like, use the pencil. Use the pencil, ma'am. <laughs> Well, therefore, since they were killing, or at least trying to kill, a highly respected man, a fair amount of mental gymnastics and cognitive dissonance had to be done to accept the guilt of such a person. And this was the first of many that would eventually come to be too much for the people of Salem to accept long term. Hmm. Nevertheless, John Proctor and his wife Elizabeth were found guilty and oh. sentenced to death. Not Daniel Day! <laughs> yeah, Daniel Day, sentenced to death. What? 66. Although his wife's execution was delayed until she gave birth to the child she was carrying. Man, that must have been a fun day. I mean, that must have been a night. You could be like, oh, congrats. Which was the fun? What was it? Which day was fun? The day she got pregnant, the day she was sentenced to death, or the day well, she eventually gave birth to the baby, or the day that she hung? She, hopefully, the only day she ever smiled was the day she conceived. Yeah. No, right, like okay. hopefully I don't know if the pleasure was involved, but hopefully that's the one time she ever like when John Proctor gave the hey, hey, yeah, all right, should do that should be a son. Like I think that's that might have been nice, but yeah. uh, it was giving birth in the cell, like in the oh. sa- the Salem town, Danvers or Boston cell, wherever they were, and watching that flop out into the dirt, muck covered hay, and they're all like, oh, it's good. Now you get to be hanged. She's just Aww. like she had like two seconds of like, <laughs> unless she had postpartum <laughs> depression, which actually might have helped. That baby yeah. could have been Jesus Christ himself. No, he wasn't because he no, survived he and he was just a guy. Yeah, just some a guy. fucking guy. You could also yeah. just see her. Well, never mind. I don't want to think the image. Yeah, you get it. Um, well, never mind. Were well, you just talking about the her open birthing vagina? No, what her about? hanging and then the baby. Oh, flopping out of her. Flopping That's great. Out. But also hanging. This you is a imagine. great detour. Fantastic. <laughs> I'm glad we're here. <laughs> well, partly, the proctors had been condemned by the testimony of their servant, Mary Warren, who had flipped from afflicted to accused and back to afflicted, a switch that certainly didn't help the proctors. No. Looking Kevin Durant, trying to get out of the nets. Hmm. <laughs> Wow, that's an interesting observation coming from you. He read a headline. (laughs) This is how we talk to straight men. (laughs) Now, John Proctor's conviction would have been a big deal anywhere in the Western world owing to his status and gender. But his trial and conviction would pale in comparison to that of the man who faced the judges in Salem next, the Reverend George Burroughs. This is the only guy I'm proud they hung. Yeah, he yeah, sounds like they got him, man. He sounds like he was an a asshole. reverend. Yeah, dude. 
You can't just go around killing people for being assholes. You're correct. But you mm. know what? It, it really is. This is the kind of the crux of all of these trials is the fact that when he is convicted, that's when shit blows up yeah. because it, it you finally you crossed the line. You finally did the thing. What was it? The whether you're using the line now, someone crossed the Rubicon. That's, That's not they've been using does. that they've been using that line since Napoleon crossed the Rubicon hundreds of years ago. That's where not even not even Napoleon. That wasn't Napoleon, that was fucking Julius Caesar. Why not just Julius the Caesar crossed the Rubicon? People have been saying that for thousands of years. Everybody who was crossing through the Rubicon. Why doesn't nobody just enjoy it? We just sit there like we just need to look at flowers. Enjoy yourself. After Julius Caesar returned from his camp. Pain and goal. The Rubicon sir. actually sounds kind of nice. I don't know. All, all I know is like, I think someone crossed the Rubicon. <laughs> <laughs> That's for sure. You crossed the Rubicon on just making shit up. Hey, man. Hey, I'm just <laughs> I'm almost a the, funny guy. What the fuck is a Rubicon? <laughs> I don't it's know. It's a river. It's a river. Ah, who cares? So they cross the river? <laughs> That's what a Rubicon is? I don't know. If you want me to explain it to you, I will. We'll do it after. Yeah. <laughs> we'll do it in Vegas. Now, the audience for Burroughs' trial was the hot ticket for the entire proceedings. See, Burroughs was a man of God, which was far worse than your run-of-the-mill witch because he had the power to eat the church from the inside out. Yeah. Supposedly, Burroughs was the ringleader of the entire operation, the mm -hmm. so-called aspirant king of hell. Cool. What? Yeah, Martha Carey was the queen of hell, and Reverend Burroughs was the king of hell, which made Burroughs made sense because he was the pastor who was, he, well, he was the witch who was masquerading as the pastor, who, which was the biggest sin of all. Yeah, dude, Therefore, that's the most metal be the you could be. That's like yeah. the most fucking awesome shit. So on this entire water marble that we live on, in Salem was both the king and queen of hell. It's yeah, like a just coincidence. so happened. Yeah, it's like if you go to any sort of mental hospital and you find like five Napoleons. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But also remember the world was much smaller back then. Mm. I mean, it wasn't. Well, the yeah. world was the same size, but the population was smaller. Yeah, and our <laughs> perception of the world was far, far smaller. We had yes. no idea that all the rest of America was out there. Well, the Spanish had gone over a while back, but we still, knew it was we there, didn't but we know were... it was that big. Yeah, we didn't have the internet. We have enough content <laughs> for the episode, right? Yes. Okay. <laughs> Now, this trial was one of the most dramatic of all. To start, the afflicted claimed that four ghosts, his two wives, and the deceased family of another reverend had shown up on the day of his trial specifically to accuse him of murder. That's which was is. believed by damn near everybody in the room. Everybody's Ooh. like, fuck yeah, the ghosts are here. Aw, shit. Oh, dip. Yep, it's the haunted mansion, the ride. Whoa. Yep, oh, there he is right there. Oh. Damn. Now, Burroughs' power was supposedly so strong that the afflicted weren't able to even testify against him because they claimed that he and the devil, working together, choked the words from their throats before they could get specific. Yeah, dude. Oh, they, my. They thought he was that powerful. They literally mm -hmm. couldn't speak. That's they go... <laughs> At some point, do you think that Joe Burroughs wished that he was that powerful? George Burroughs. Joe Burroughs oh, is his great, 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 great grandson who currently has a, a sports podcast. Play for I, I don't know. <laughs> Joe Burroughs, Cincinnati. Oh, is that that child? Yeah, kind of. They're all children. Mm. Really, as you get older, you realize all athletes are just children. Yep. Mm -hmm. Luckily for the prosecution in the George Burroughs case, though, 30 other people gave depositions attesting to Burroughs' guilt. Mm. See, while being a reverend would have insulated him from the accusations in any other witch trial, it 
targeted him in Salem because he was the infernal body that most of the other false accusers orbited around. Everything kept coming back to him. And he was a, technically he was competition to somebody like Paris, right? Like he was mm. technically competition. He was a Kind of sort of, not He'd already left reverending behind. Yeah, but he was, he, because of that, actually probably is a thing that helped put a target on his back because the this point in time period it's like so if you wanted to be a puritan puritan was a 24 7 deal right <laughs> like you don't get to just take off from being puritan you gotta well, fucking go back into it every day you gotta put your puritan time in it's 23 45 7 because they're 15 minutes when you're taking a violent dump you can't be a puritan. i hope that that mm. god ain't there too no but <laughs> this guy like he was he had separated himself from the church and i think in a, in a way it kind of took that protection away from him as well where mm. he had separated himself he had accepted the half covenant he was trying to be like a normal like he was trying to be kind of whatever just like a normal ass reverend and they didn't want that mm. well i think part of it was that he was also not very good at being a reverend and yeah. people had always looked at him sort of sideways but that was also how salem looked at every person who tried to tell them to not be a bunch of assholes they looked yeah. at all of them sideways right during his trial eight confessed witches described how burroughs lured them into joining satan's army vividly painting pictures of well-attended witch meetings and forced poppet making in the pursuit Ooh. of torturing the afflicted for no good reason. Puppet sweatshops. I was there <laughs> and I was already knitting. There was incredible colorways on some of these puppets Beautiful, that we were doing. Yeah, there absolutely. was the new uh, black cement, which is really awesome. You had um, banana ding dong cream pie. Oh, it was I an amazing colorway of yeah, puppet. It was really, before, really good. Yeah. Um, but most of the time, uh, the way Burroughs got these witches was through Call of Duty. <laughs> yeah. Isn't that nice? It's really crazy. It's, it's in insidious. Fantastic. Hmm. The cherry on top in those testimonies was that most self-confessed witches ended their testimony with the telltale seizures. Seize it out here, man! <laughs> Convincing almost everyone there that bewitchment was indeed real. God, this trial must have wow. been such a show. Yeah, like honestly, there is an element. Seriously, to, you could see how they all kind of got into it too, in a way. Like especially this point in his point of the trial, like that's the top of the fucking. Well, heat. we have six, seven hung, nine hung at the eight. At hung this point, at this six. Point. You have six hung at this point. All the six world hung, is a stage. Seven, six hung, eight dead. This is the greatest performance, without a doubt, maybe in American theatrical history. Yes, at this possibly. Point. Burroughs, meanwhile, could do nothing to prove his innocence beyond weak excuses, and things were only made worse when he became flustered and his answers contradicted each other. Mm. This, however, was easy to do during the Salem witch trials because, as Henry said last episode, the rules were made up and the points didn't matter. Yeah. How do you weakly just be like... I'm not the king of hell. Like that's like every day. Right. You're like I'm not. Hi. How do I even? How do I explain this? Oh God. I'm like, not the king of hell. I mean, if he yeah. was the king of hell, I would, would I be here? No. Yeah. Everyone would be burning around me. I'd be like, you're all on fire now. I but read in a really interesting point of like, okay, so Satan is more powerful than he has ever been. But he must be like his armies are slowly but surely like allowing themselves to insinuate themselves in the religious communities of the entire world. And he'll slowly turn everybody and, and flip everybody to this cabal of worshipers of his great power and blood drinkers and all this kind of shit. Uh, sure. Mm -hmm. But wouldn't he be like, hey, guys, 
why don't we chill on telling everybody what we're doing right now? Like, why would he be like, why are we yelling this from the rooftop? The plan isn't completed yet. It's not supposed to be I and the former Barack Obama arrive and flip this whole country into a gigantic military unit, right? A prison planet. That was the idea. But now you guys are all like, why are you doing this? Why you just shut up? Shut Mm -hmm. the fuck up. Well, what I'd always thought about is that why did these people continue to torment the afflicted while they were sitting right in front of them? It didn't make any sense. None of it makes any sense at all. Yes. There's no lot like there's very there is some logic to some of it, but there's no logic to most of it. Yes, you're right. Yeah. The only person who kind of sort of came out on Reverend Burroughs's side was his granddaughter, Margaret Jacobs, who had inadvertently given testimony during the examinations that led to the execution of five people. Oh, did I do that? <laughs> <laughs> she recanted about her grandfather at the last second, but all that did was make the judges more suspicious of Margaret Jacobs, who only avoided conviction because her trial was postponed due to a nasty head boil. Yeah, no one wanted to see it. They're all like, okay, wait, can we put a sack on her head? No, because then we don't know if the devil's eyes show. I'm like, yeah. all right, we'll wait till it goes down because I'm sick of her second nose. Yeah, you gotta go Friday the 13th part one on that one, or part two when he has the sack on his head. But why wouldn't they just flip it and make the boil a sign that the devil has inflicted her? Not unclear. They just didn't want to see it. They literally just didn't want want to look at it. By the end of the third round, though, the judges had produced five convictions and four immediate orders of execution, with the fifth to come after Elizabeth Proctor gave birth. Besides Proctor and Burroughs, though, the court had sentenced two more men of lower profile but still high status to their deaths, meaning that the August 19th public execution was set to be an all-male review. Thunder down under. I've seen that before. (laughs) Come on, legs up, boys. Come on now. Now, like the trial, the execution that was co-headlined by the Reverend George Burroughs and John Proctor drew the biggest crowd yet. And neither the Reverend nor Proctor disappointed the crowd with their showmanship. Hmm. This was like a Monsters of Rock of fucking witch executions. They're all in there, dude. One room and one (laughs) night only. Oh, my God. That man's pants fell down. He's double hung. Oh, look at that. Just before his execution, the Reverend George Burroughs stepped forth and recited a perfect rendition of the Lord's Prayer. All right, guys. Let me see if I can do this. All right. Drop that beat. (laughs) I'm so disappointed. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Everyone's just like, whoa, oh shit, God does rock. I'm disappointed in everything. But I think it was pretty good, though. It wasn't bad. He started spinning on his head. That'd be fucking sweet. Only the devil can be that funky. That's very true. But as we discussed last episode, <laughs> reciting the Lord's Prayer perfectly was supposed to be impossible for a witch. Yes. Yep. But similarly, John Proctor, in an act of passive defiance, specifically asked the Reverend Nicholas Noyes to pray with him. Noyes, however, refused, citing exasperation that all of the people being hung kept insisting that they were innocent even when faced with imminent death. Yeah, it's like a thing. It's like they all keep saying, like, uh, don't hang me, uh, I'm not a witch. It's like, uh, and it's like, uh, that's exactly what a witch would say. I don't mm-hmm. know if that's true. 
But to calm the uneasiness in the crowd that came from these seemingly sincere shows of Christian faith, Cotton Mather, remember we talked about him, he was the Puritan leader that we brought up last episode, mm-hmm. he was there to witness his first witch execution. He's finally coming, he's showing up. Yeah, this he's is like, like, it's time to get that wig dirty. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he is the closest thing to a celebrity that New England has, so it's a big fucking deal that Cotton Mather's showing up for this. Okay. But he stepped forward to once again play both sides, somewhat drawing on his insistence that the devil could impersonate the innocent, but not really going all the way in front of a crowd baying for blood. Mm. Mathers explained the perfect Lord's Prayer by saying that the devil has often been transformed into a, quote, angel of light. They changed the rules. No, they did not change the rules. Not really. He cited Corinthians chapter 11, verse 14. Actually, yeah, I agree with you. The rules are made up and the points don't matter. Yeah. <sighs> it's almost like the Bible's made up. And it's always like, it's just, ah, oh God. But he just, did it right. He just got all the reminds, words right. I'm just getting so many flashbacks to when I did the Dune series and like how many times <laughs> people be like, oh, actually, that's incorrect if you actually look at, and, you know, they open up some old arcane chapter from yeah. one of the books I didn't like, one of the Brian Herbert books that I didn't read. It was like, well, actually, corrected the, the record in this thing. And it's just been like, it's fucking, it's, I love it, but it's made up. Like, Dune, Dune was not real. It's not real. That's a hell of your own making, my friend. I, 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 also, I, mean, I love it, though. Do you know what they didn't do in Dune? Cross the Rubicon. No water. <laughs> There's no water. <laughs> Mostly desert. Maybe if they were on Caladan. Yeah. <sighs> you rapped. You mentioned Paladin. Caladan. Caladan. Paladin is what you are Pal- to me, my friend. and so after the crowd was sated and the executions were over and done with the bodies were haphazardly tossed in a shallow common grave nearby so hastily buried that the chin and hand of the reverend george burroughs stuck out from under the dirt along with the foot of another victim what was he bruce campbell how big was his chin he's just (laughs) he just was at the top of the pile oh man and that maybe, maybe he was the last one killed, or maybe he was the first, no, he would have been the first one killed. It's like the baggage in the plane, the first bag to go in is the last one to come out. I actually, yeah, so he was probably the first killed because he was the first on the pile. I actually do oh. believe, I actually, weirdly, I think it was the opposite. I do believe that he was last because that was the point is that he was the most important. So his ah, job headliner. was to watch, he was the headliner and his mm, job right. was to watch them all get punished because the idea mm. is to get, you wait <sighs> for the most important ones to be at the end of the line because the you kind of give him a constant opportunity to confess. Right. Okay. Well, while one might think that this hasty burial might have something to do with the gravediggers being afraid that the devil might come for his acolytes, Mm. it had more to do with the rank smell of the corpses because the executions had taken place in the middle of a heat wave. It's a heat wave! (laughs) And don't forget, everyone upon hanging voids their bowels. So it is five... Four, excuse me, four fully grown men covered in their own shit and yep. blood and piss. And it's about 95 outside in a humid ass Massachusetts that day. Is, uh, yeah, man. When in Massachusetts. That's the subway car that has no one in it. Yep. And then you're like, it's my lucky day. <laughs> always, and then you get in it and you're like, oh, I get it now. Mm-hmm. Wow. You know, I will say here in the city, it's going to be where that's just sort of the permanent smell. No matter what what car you're getting into, it's just that's just the way it is. It's going to be where nah. it's just the way it is all the time. I think it's just because it's August, and that's when yes. urine that's really the, bakes into a car. That's the stinkiest month in New York. <laughs> yeah. By far. Yeah, yeah. But regardless of the stench, the sons of the Reverend George Burroughs dug up his corpse in the middle of the night, transported it to family land by boat, and discreetly reburied it 
in an unmarked grave. I mean, they think sad. now there's a parking lot there or maybe yeah. a school. Yeah, that'd mm. be cool. That Just makes like sense. Hitler's bunker. Yeah, which is underneath yeah. the affordable housing units. Is uh, that right? Yes. Um, but, you well, know, it's underneath the parking lot in front of the affordable housing units. Yes. Oh, my but God. Now they, that's actually Candyman. Yeah, but they finally <laughs> put up a sign and said that it was there. But, yeah, I feel weird, like, going to school every day. You just live in there as a kid. And she'd been like, yeah, Hitler's bunker was right here. He was right here. And <laughs> then everyone's been like, great, cool, good. They put up, like, a reserved for Hitler sign? They do have a little, there's a little parking spot for him for forever. And a VW bug is allowed to park there for free any day of the week. Oh, him and Ted Bundy. Live from your grave. Hey, what's up, everyone? How you doing? Ben Kissel here with Henry Zabrowski. Yeah, it's me, man. Yeah, bro. Henry Zabrowski is smoking some of that sweet last podcast of the left, babe. Go out there and purchase yourself some. I hope you enjoy it. We have sativa, we have indica, and we have a hybrid. And I have to tell you, from my personal experience, they are wonderful. Super tasty live resin. You really get the delicious weedy taste, which is what I like. And three different experiences. You go to your local vape store and get it. Absolutely. Thank you all so much for supporting the show. We absolutely love you. Can't wait to see you on the road and get that vape. Put it in your brain and have a good time. And if you want us at your favorite weed store, give them a call and ask for them by name. Last podcast on the left. It's weed. Hail yourselves, everyone. Hail Satan. My sister is the best gift giver I've ever met of any person. It's Jackie Zabrowski. She shops all year thinking about her family and friends and puts little things aside for their birthdays and Christmases. I have no idea how she does it. I don't know how she do it, but guess what? She always wins Mother's Day, but not this year. I'm coming back. Ready to win Mother's Day and cement your reputation as the best gift giver in the family? I'm taking the crown. All right, give the moms in your life an Aura digital picture frame preloaded with decades of family photos. I mean this. We have the Aura frame up in my home. We absolutely love it. I can put photos on it very, very easily through the app. It's fun to do. And the memories keep cycling and I get emotional and we filled it with pictures of Carmi and Wendy. And that is not sad. That is celebratory. So you should try it. It's honestly a really good product. Right now, Aura has a great deal for Mother's Day. Listeners can save on the perfect gift by visiting AuraFrames.com to get $30 off plus free shipping on their best-selling frame. That's A-U-R-A-Frames.com. Use code LEFT at checkout to save. Terms and conditions apply. This podcast is brought to you by Squarespace. Finding work-life balance can be tough, but Squarespace gives you the tools to reach your goals and have time to celebrate. Squarespace is the all-in-one website platform for entrepreneurs to stand out and succeed online. With the new guided design system, Squarespace Blueprint, you can select from curated layout and styling options to create a personalized website optimized for every device. Get your website discovered fast with integrated, optimized SEO tools. Plus, make checkout easy for customers with easy-to-use payment tools. And with Squarespace AI, you can explain what your site is about, choose your tone, enter what you need, and get auto-generated text. And that helps you save time. I know I'm sitting on about two literal wheelbarrows filled with horse pics. Now, part of the issue has been is a lot of these pictures are getting stopped at customs because some of them do depict various world leaders in horse-like circumstances that seems to be pinging a lot of these custom agents' accounts. Now, so what I've done to do is like, so while I'm trying to work on hand smuggling these horse pics over various country borders, I then also have time because Squarespace is doing all the other ad work for me to go and work on my killdozer at home. 
So thank you, Squarespace, for allowing me to diversify in the best way possible for this country. Head to squarespace.com for a free trial when you're ready to launch. Go to squarespace.com slash left to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. One in five Americans have learned a new language on their bucket list. If that's you, make 2024 the year you finally check it off the list with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors. It's a waste. Don't waste hours on apps. Besides appetizers, that's the kind of apps I like. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts to help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Did you know that empanada is already Spanish? I didn't. Thanks, Babbel. Did you know that burrito is already Spanish? Wow. I just got to learn all the rest. And eventually, I'm going to be eating downtown Mexico. Thanks, Babbel. Here's a special limited time deal for our listeners. Right now, get 60% off your Babbel subscription, but only for our listeners at babbel.com slash left. Get up to 60% off at babbel.com slash left, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash L-E-F-T. Rules and restrictions may apply. Meanwhile, more people were fleeing to New York City, although it was only the people who had the means to do so. In Boston, Philip English, the Frenchman, and his wife Mary had posted bond to get out of prison at the cost of £4,000, the rough equivalent of $1.2 million in today's money. They just paid out. They're like, all right, fuck this. We got the money. We're going to New York, where mm-hmm. it's not illegal to be French. My name is Tommy German from Italy. <laughs> Uh, as you can tell, my name is Stephanie Canada, and you won't believe it, I'm from Mexico. That is an incredible bet. <laughs> yeah, you get it. Yes, I do. I can do this it's with every... It's different countries. It's the man is a different country name than where he's name from. Name is Scott is Portugal. I'm from, from where? Uruguay. I'm just really glad you know those countries. Isn't that nice? Well, Mary and Philip fled to New York City, and nothing was done to capture them. But in a telling example of the sort of tit-for-tat happening during the trial, the English's goods were confiscated by the state at a modern profit of $350,000 oh for the colony of Massachusetts. There is a there are, there's really well, interesting thing. Of, there's layers of that within all of these accused where... So it was kind of a rule up to a point that if you were murdered by the state, maybe I, again, I believe that this was correct, is that you your shit would go to the state. That if you were executed, you stay, yeah. the state would come and grab all your shit, right? right? Depending that on went back and, that went back and forth in Massachusetts, yes. depending on the charter. And so there was a huh. certain period of time where they had fixed that. They're like, no, it should go to the immediate family, the people who yeah. own it. But they the original kill you and take your shit. Oh yeah, yeah. Like a, the original sheriff that was going through the accused, basically what he was doing at the very top was like ganking everybody's shit as soon right. as you were hung. As soon as you were hanged, they would went and you'd go and grab your stuff and be like, it's mine now. Like, and they would just do, which is also kind of interesting Jeez. of like, don't you think that a witch's items would be actually incredibly dangerous to own? Cursed As, objects. Like, they're cursed objects. Yeah. It's also strange because they just jump right on it and like, just mm-hmm. sleep. <laughs> they just like <laughs> sleeping in a witch's bed and shit. They just wanted to watch people die. They didn't believe any of this shit. Whoa. Some of- no way. <laughs> some, I think, I truly do believe that some of them did and some of them did. 
didn't. I don't think the sheriff was all that concerned with it. The people who were profiting from it certainly weren't concerned with it. Um, But I think the vast majority of people did believe their own bullshit. At the same time, Hmm. the association game was resulting in even more charges, even after 10 people had been hung. Or, excuse me, 10 people had been hanged. Thank you. You're welcome. (sighs) The exempt... Yeah, I don't want to get the fucking DMs. I don't know. Unfortunately, if we don't say it, they won't listen to a single other word we say in the podcast. (laughs) So they were hanged. They were hanged. They were hanged, yes. The examinations continued between trials, and a man named John Jackson was put in the jackpot after six afflicted girls accused him of witchcraft. The association was John Jackson's aunt, Elizabeth Howe, who had already been hanged. But what really turned up the volume on the whole affair when it came to association was the fact that many of the accused were now confessing instead of protesting their innocence. Mm. And every time that was done, the number of witches had to be increased to make room. Yeah. So if you confessed, you did have a better outcome. Were you hung if you were confessed? We'll get to that here in a bit. Okay. Accused witch Ann Foster claimed on July 15th that there were 25 witches. Had to be. (laughs) Had to be at least 25. At least 25, okay. But a week later, another accused said that there were 77. They said we had a big runoff. (laughs) You wouldn't be surprised. Honestly, I don't really know how we got so many witches at once. It's a lot of subs. Now 77. (laughs) It's a lot of subs in one day. That is a lot of subs, okay. By the end of August, there were three confessors saying there were 200 witches. Oh, my God. And the afflicted were also fueling rumors that there were over 300 witches in a colony-wide population of about 50,000 people. My name is Cordial Indiana. I'm from Michigan. I, okay, and well, I am telling you one thing. We need to do something gonna... about this witch inflation. <laughs> yeah, we... <laughs> oh. It's an inflation joke. Yeah. Very good. I combined two mm. jokes. I'm learning. Thank you. <laughs> Tellingly, though, accusations had not yet hit the main population center of Boston. And oh. at this point, things had not gone past the small rural communities where life was harder, things sucked more, and no one could stand anyone else. But speaking of Boston, some people already imprisoned in Boston jail were confessing to even more crimes after being harassed by other people who had also made false confessions. Mm -hmm. (laughs) What is going on? It's just, it's it's full lunacy. Everything, the wheels have fallen off of the entire society. Sounds like it. This is insane. Listen to this. The troll Abigail Hobbs convinced a woman named Rebecca Eames that Eames had been a witch for 26 years and that her son had been a wizard for 13 and that they'd both tormented people together. This woman fully believed this. Hi there, Rebecca. It's me, Abigail Hobbs. Just got (laughs) done being with my best friend, Mr. J. I don't, I hate, okay, I hate your Polish Harley Quinn. Don't even mix these strings for me. Can you see my happy trail? I don't don't lift up my shirt. There's no reason for you to lift up your shirt. It's just amazing the swirls of hair around my perfect breasts. But listen, hey, Rebecca, did you know, all right, you know how everybody Fucking hates you. She's one of the sexiest <laughs> women in superhero uh, lore. Yeah, and- but not me. I'm Harley Quinn. I'm a hate Rebecca. You know how like everybody hates you and they've hated your half fucking life since you took this like last twenty six years. Yeah. What if I told you? Yeah. Yeah, witch. Is that That's good? Is yeah. That- yeah, it is. It's fun. Yes. <laughs> yeah. There you go, girl. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Come on. Be a bitch with it. You, come on. Act like it. Act like a witch. Be one. 
Yeah. Yeah, come on. Come on, Rebecca. Be fine with that. <laughs> That's bad. We live in fucking hell. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yes. Well, the incredible thing about this is that like modern false confessions, like, for example, like Jesse Miss Kelly of the West Memphis Tree or of the West Memphis Three or five of the Beatrice Six, these confessors convinced themselves that what they had com- falsely confessed to was, in fact, what really happened. Wow. At some point, you're in jail, right? You're already mm. there. Like, it's already happened to you. You've been brought into the fold. At some point, I think that it might help your reality to be like, well, I have to be here for a reason. If yeah. I'm not here for a reason, right. then everything is fucked and life is really hard. But it turns out, like, you know, like, I'm just a, I'm going to be rolled over by the justice no matter what. So now you kind of, your brain can start to, I yeah. believe, it puts you in the place where you're at already so that you don't, like, the cognitive dissonance is too much. Well, what if? fucking nightmare when you know you're innocent and you're incarcerated i mean my god it's very so, scary yeah maybe flipping your brain and be like i deserve to be i don't know i don't know that's well, crazy I mean, though i mean rebecca eames she was so distraught with her false belief that she was a witch that she unsuccessfully tried to hang herself in her jail cell right after she cut her own throat with a razor jeez how'd she fail at both of those she's not a very good witch i guess not <laughs> However, this flurry of accusations, along with the fact that community leaders were starting to swing, this was slowly turning the tide on public support for the trials, Mm. especially when it became obvious that convictions were mostly coming as a result of spectral evidence. But even though support was waning, or possibly because support was waning, the court of Oye and Termine geared up for the largest round of trials yet, this time trying Eight of the accused who were still protesting their innocence. This time, you had Dorcas Whore and a woman with another unfortunate surname called Anne Pud Eater. Oh, Anne Pud Eater. Pud Eater. Any way you pronounce it, it's a bad name. Pud Eater. Pud Eater. Pud Eater. Pud Eater. Pud Eater. That's my wife. That's my wife. Pud Eater. You know what I actually found out is that Dorcas Whore. Is actually the long, long uh, time the the relative of the actress Jean Smart. We did learn that. <laughs> we learned that on Wikipedia when a fan sent it to us. Mm-hmm. Yes, wow! I saw, the, I saw the same tweet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we were added on. Mm-hmm. But isn't that interesting? Mm-hmm. I'm happy that you took that information and pretended like you did research. People like that show hacks, <laughs> <laughs> and maybe it's because I am one. <laughs> Dorcas or. Now, five were convicted right off the bat, hmm. but Dorcas Whore confessed after her conviction and started naming names. For oh. that, the law seized her estate, but granted her a reprieve from execution to see how many more names they could get. Absolutely. We got Morcus Slut. We got, we got <laughs> four, <laughs> Forkus Bitch. I, don't I love Forkus. Forkus Bitch is actually very sweet. She's a lovely woman. Oh, yeah. wonderful. Wonderful. Well, amongst the convicted in this round was Mary Bradbury, a well-respected woman of high class in her 70s who was the wife of a military man. She actually had more signers than anyone on her petition at 118. But seeing how much good signatures had done in the past, Mary Bradbury was broken out of jail by supporters and hidden away. That's the one thing about back in the day is that if you did have 100 people that believed in you, they could all just come and just pull you out of the jail. Because yeah. they're more of all the co- they're more than all the cops. That's and very just be nice. Like, all right, we want that guy. Like you remember what happened with Joseph Smith? It was like yeah. the same shit. Yeah, 
It reminds me a but little it was, bit. Of, it was bad news for him. Reminds yeah, me a little bit of. Way. Reminds me a little bit of the early Bonnie and Clyde as well, right? Didn't they do a series of jailbreaks and things like that? Mm-hmm. He yeah, remembers. But the, yeah, all right. he does remember. That's nice. Yeah. That was like three years, four years ago. Is that right? Yeah, dude. Yeah, maybe five. It was oh, when we God. were. What well, was when we were in Australia? So I want to yeah. cut myself in half and just count the rings. <laughs> <laughs> One ring is going to be all tincture. <laughs> you do know. I know. I know. Well, meanwhile, nine more cases of witchcraft were tried, and nine more were sentenced to hang. Ugh. Four of those, however, including the troll Abigail Hobbs, had pled guilty during their examinations. Hmm. But at this point, possibly because the judges felt that the fun was almost over, people were being sentenced to death seemingly just for the crime of being accused. Hmm. A woman named Margaret Scott was convicted because she asked her neighbors for corn and the neighbor refused. Uh, oh, you know how it is. What? No, I don't. I don't know how it is. <laughs> Afterward, the neighbor's oxen refused to move all night, and this was seen as evidence of witchcraft. These fucking ox have no idea how important it is for them to move. They don't know. <laughs> There's all these animals are just like, I didn't do it. Yeah, I'm just, I'm just hanging out. I'm just having a bad day myself. Oh, my God. Another argument over 10 shillings worth of wood was added to the evidence. And Scott was thereby sentenced to hang. However, while most of the accused were either falsely confessing or steadfastly protesting their innocence, Mm. there was one man in particular who refused to participate either way. My boy! That man was Giles Corey. It's Giles. It's Giles, really? Let's go Giles. Giles Giles. It is Giles. No, Giles sounds like a a lubricant-filled jelly. I'm just trying to save us five emails. Sure, five emails. And <laughs> Let's go with Guile. It's all all names are made up, so we're just gonna make it up as Guiles. Actually, wouldn't it be, wouldn't it be Gilles if we're doing that? That's like two Gilles, L's. Gilles, like That's Gilles two Duras? L's. You fucking asshole. Okay, so it's you're just the asshole today. Gilles, you're the asshole. What? I'm the academic. <laughs> wow. Yep. Now, in the old English way of doing things, I'm just gonna call him Corey. Fuck <laughs> right. you. Yeah. Now, <laughs> Giles Corey sounds so much cooler than Giles Corey because Giles sounds like he doesn't have any teeth. But Giles is kind of an old-time butler name. Yeah. Mm. Now, in the old English way of doing things in court, the accused answered to the charges first with his plea. Then he was asked if he was, quote, willing to be tried by God and country, that is, by a jury. No. (laughs) Well, the stock answer to that was, by God and by country, which was that era's version of answering, do you swear to tell the truth with... I do. I never do. Hmm. But while Corey pled not guilty to all the witchcraft charges read against him, he refused to answer the follow-up question. Because if he didn't answer, Ben, this sounds like something you would do, then the trial couldn't proceed. He's not wrong, technically, in a way, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I could sit here all fucking day in silence. Well, in English law, this tactic of refusing to answer was called standing mute. But standing mute was not an advisable way of avoiding a trial. Hmm. Standing mute was met with something called pain forte et dure, which translates to strong and hard punishment. Okay, so <laughs> make me watch the fucking uh, Jojo from Magnolia Farms' cooking show for a certain period of time. Okay. Hmm. And so, 
when Giles Corey, or and so when Corey was brought before the court three times and refused to answer how he would be tried every time, Mm-mm. the court of Oye and Termine sentenced him to be pressed to death for his stubbornness. Y'all don't think I can't handle the weight? I'm a straight bastard. Come on. All right. You want to make me talk? I'll show you. You want me to talk? Blah, 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 blah. I mean, at some you point, you can't handle the weight. It just keeps yeah. on coming down. Mm-hmm. Essentially, being pressed to death involved placing the stubborn person on a large board while another board was laid on top of their body. Then rocks of increasing size would be stacked on top of said board. Simple yet effective. So mm-hmm. how do you actually, I would assume it's suffocation. Uh, you're, no, you get crushed to death. You your, get, internal or, your internal yeah. organs uh, get crushed. You so get you're... squished to death. Wow. Yeah. It's not pleasant. Oof. Yeah. The idea, yeah, because they say that there's actually, there's a certain point where you're still alive as you're getting crushed. You're still alive, but even if you do say, okay, 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 I'll do it, I'll do it, I'll do it, uh, you're already dead because oh, yeah. your internal organs have all been crushed. You're going to die eventually at a certain point. But you were just gonna... made jelly, and it's the 1690s, which means it's like, it's not like you get flown in a helicopter to like a fancy hospital where they can like hook you up and shit. No, you die of a like long-term infection um, oh. or bleeding, internal bleeding. Internal and bleeding you just become a up. giant bruised sack and um, yeah you just expire in pain and right. feverish probably feverishly die uh, hallucinating and screaming fantastic mm-hmm. well the idea was that the weight would cause the defendant to acquiesce to answering the question before he was crushed but that is not at all what happened with Corey mm. see after Corey was sentenced but before he was pressed Ann Putnam Jr., chief accuser, said that his specter visited her and told her that he would, quote, press her to death before the law pressed him. (gasps) And then you're like, all right, let's see what happens. Yeah, Mm -hmm. full court press. Here Mm -hmm. we go. After that, Putnam Jr. was visited by another spirit. But this one said that Corey had pressed him to death (gasps) with his feet. That doesn't make any sense. (laughs) Big feet. See, while the stories about other accused witches committing murder most foul were almost certainly false, Corey had indeed killed a man by beating him to death almost 20 years before the trial. I'll fucking beat anybody to death. But that wasn't the problem. <laughs> nah, 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 nah. Back in the day, it was a, it was a misunderstanding. I guess so. <laughs> in 1675, Corey had hired a guy described as, quote unquote, almost a natural fool. <laughs> Almost a natural fool. <laughs> Almost. What does that mean? That, what that, does was, that mean? That means he's he's a Rudy Rudiger type. Oh. Um, almost a natural fool. Well, but. I know. Rudy came to talk to her at our school, as I've said before, and he is just, he is a fool. Yeah, but you know, <laughs> he's not a clinical fool. Like, he he's is. not no, medically he, a fool. He is, he is. Hmm. Yeah, I know he's, hmm. none of that story is true. Uh, no, no, they let him play one play. Yeah, and the game yeah. was already over, and they carried him off the field being sarcastic. No, it's nice, technically. The movie yeah. was nice. Yeah. The movie was nice. Well, apparently, Corey was not satisfied with the job that this man had done. So Corey beat him to death with uh, a stick. Ah, so this, he received heavy fines. I'll but... pay what I owe. Wait, okay. So you can beat a dude to death with a stick, but the idea of spectral evidence gets you killed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. yeah. This just, is also a time period when... Uh, this is the founding of our country. But this is someone who's below somebody who is a moneyed landowner. So when it comes down to it, they are they are of a different law. Oh. Uh, they, they beat He beat a lesser to death. I yeah. see. 
And so, sort of like Dorcas Hoare, nobody was really surprised nor all that concerned when Corey was accused of being a witch. And absolutely nobody, as far as I know, came forward to defend him when he was brought out for his pressing. This he is what a- I mean when you say you can't murder someone just because they're an asshole. True, because again, eventually, in maybe some way, shape, or form, you maybe some way you do get punished for it, which is kind mm. of this is kind of his punishment for that. Okay. On that day, Corey was taken before the public and placed between the boards. Look, I'm a sandwich! (laughs) (laughs) You fucking assholes! (laughs) Indeed. Then, rock after rock was stacked on top, and according to legend, Corey only said two words before he was crushed to death. More. Wait. Jesus Christ, man. (laughs) Bro, you're liking this way too much to make it fun for me. (laughs) Yeah, dude. Reportedly, his tongue then lolled out of his mouth, and Sheriff George Corwin took his walking stick and pushed the tongue back inside (laughs) as either a final show of just how little Corey was regarded or in an attempt to lessen the morbidity of the situation. Now that's just rude. I guess (laughs) so. My God. This, thankfully, was the first and last pressing in Massachusetts history. Wow. And according to records, Corey was buried near the crossroads by a place called Butts Brook mm-hmm. as a final indignity. Because Butts Brook was where they normally buried people who died by suicide. And, of course, you know, usually you bury someone six feet under, but in this case, two feet will do. <laughs> he's pressed. He's, he's pressed. Oh, yeah. you're saying, oh, it's because he's, he's a panini now. He's thin. <laughs> So, with Giles Corey pressed to death, all that was left was to hang the next round of witches. But where the first round was one hanging, the second was five, and the third was four, the hanging day held on September 22nd, 1692, featured eight executions. Oh, yeah. They're they're about to adopt a duck. This This, is like season five. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, this is the crossover episode with the other shows on TGIF all showing up at once. Now, the eight executed that day held steadfast to their innocence until the final drop, just like all the rest. Mm. But what's most interesting about this round was who hadn't been executed, namely the confessed witches. Yep. Hmm. The total number of convictions on the last round had been 15, but seven of those had confessed and pled guilty. Therefore, those seven were spared the hangman's noose. See, in a move contrary to damn near every witch trial that I've ever researched, not a single person who actually confessed to being a witch in the Salem witch trials was executed, including the troll Abigail Hobbs. Yeah, dude, Abigail fucking, she just got to go cause mayhem in a bunch of other people's lives after this shit. (laughs) They just flipped it and reversed it. Well, they just under, the the confession was more important than anything else because that's legally. They just confessed. But that's what they had, right? They had that legally, that's where they got you. And they sort of had this, there was a religious hook to this. And Mm -hmm. you can go and we'll, we'll go into a little deeper. Yeah. Now, it's said that the choice to not execute any confessed witches is a puzzling one, but I think it's actually pretty cut and dry. See, for the first three rounds, a plea of not guilty was met with a trial, a conviction, and an execution in short order, usually within a couple of weeks. What became quite clear to the people of Salem by the third round was that those who had confessed were not being executed. 
Instead, they were being held in jail where they were naming more witches and testifying against those who pled innocent. And the more you distance yourself uh. away from the day that you're supposed to get hanged, the more you think like, ah, oh, I got some wiggle room here. And yeah. so you just keep naming witches because right. what that does is like it allows you to sit. I mean, like it's not a great jail. Like you're not having a great time, but you're not dancing on the end of a rope. They just uh, mm -hmm. turn state evidence. Yes. Mm-hmm. Therefore, while 19 out of 19 people who pled not guilty to witchcraft in Salem were executed, absolutely none of the 52 people who confessed were hanged, although huh. two of them did die in jail. Now, it is believed that had the witch trials continued for much longer, the magistrates would have eventually gotten around to setting dates for the executions of the confessed witches. There were IOUs for it, okay. and that's as good as a trial. It is. <laughs> But another reason why the confessed witches survived might be that people were following the same logic used to condemn the use of spectral evidence while also maintaining that the devil was still out there trying to jam everyone up. Hmm. After 19 people had been executed, Cotton Mather wrote to one of the judges saying that it was actually better to keep a confessed witch alive so that they might repent and bring glory to God. This was, he claimed to believe, the best way to ultimately defeat Satan. Because now you have these definite witches, right? You have these straight up witches that are saying that they're witches. I mean, they're not witches. But what we're going to do <laughs> is that through this process of the trial and them confessing and holding and, and showing all these other like non-recaltrant witches, right? That they aren't going to come. They're not going to come. Recalcitrant. <laughs> I don't. Rubicon. You know, Rubicon is an incredible. Have you ever played Rubicon? It's incredible. Love Fantastic, that fucking game. Fucking yeah. hate. I hate this. I hate the word. Very and I'm wet. Upset. I'm upset. I did this. Very wet. Um, yeah. But because you're flipping the devil harder, if you got to confess switch, because then it actually works for everybody's kind. From a PR standpoint, right. it works for everybody. Because then after the trials, all the confess witches can be like, "See, I was saved by God," and then it's mm -hmm. a great commercial for Puritanism. Crossing over the Rubicon. Yeah. <laughs> Now, the last round of witch trials had only lasted two weeks, meaning that those 15 people going on trial for capital crimes, they averaged less than a day each. Wow. Because that, of course, you had two days break for the two Sabbaths. And that was nuts even by 17th century standards. Jesus. Besides what many felt was a rush to judgment, the public also began to notice that the evidence in the last 15 cases wasn't quite as strong as the ones that came before, even with the confessions. Furthermore, the fact that the confessed witches were all still alive while everyone who protested their innocence was dead, it introduced just a shade of doubt in everyone's mind as to whether or not they were really doing the right thing here. Yeah, yeah, I believe it. I at believe some point, it. everyone's like, ooh. What I are we think, doing here? I think we might have, ooh. Things nice. might have been a little <laughs> icky. Ooh, oh. Jeez. Yeah. And so Cotton Mather's father increase mather finally weighed in yeah old pappy got in there yeah. okay see increase mather was just as influential to the colony as cotton mather but while cotton had been wishy-washy on the issue of spectral evidence increase came out against it albeit far too late yeah it's almost like he came out against it once he wasn't like worried that like they'll all rise up and accuse me of being a witch. It's right. like now that now that maybe some of the heats they lessening. The, they got the blood lust out, maybe. Yeah, maybe. Who knows? Kind of, sorta. I mean, he was you know. so his his ideas were. Uh, he was one of those guys that I think believe not believe. And yeah. the name increase, by the way, because I know you're all thinking about it. It's a literal translation of the Hebrew name Yosef or Joseph. Joseph translates to increase oh, because wow. he was supposed to increase the amount of Christ. 
in this sinful world. I just thought he was a big fat asshole. Yeah. That's funny. That's so funny. I didn't know. Well. Yeah, Joseph Joseph was lied to. Now, part of the reason why Increase <laughs> waited so long to involve himself in the trials was that he was a friend of Massachusetts Governor William Phipps. And Increase couldn't be seen coming out against the judges and, by extension, the colonial government. Do you know that Phipps was also close to being accused of witchcraft before all of this? Him and his yeah. wife, the same thing. They also That's a part of all the ickiness, a part of why they didn't want to involve themselves is because they had already went through a series. His wife went through a series of accusations in the past and he pulled her out of it. Well, he also, uh, he used a little bit of magic himself. He did yes. treasure divining. They that was his did, whole did thing. They all did Joseph yeah. Smith shit. They all yeah. did the same stuff. Hmm. Mm-hmm. But when public pressure against spectral evidence began to grow, Increase published a short book called Cases of Conscience and Concerning Evil Spirits, in which he publicly questioned the credibility of possessed people, confessed witches, and especially spectral evidence. Okay. However, this probably had less to do with his conscience and more to do with the fact that there were rumors going around that Increase's wife was the next to be accused of witchcraft. She's a witch! It's getting too big! Okay. Yeah. And that's why I don't think he waited until it was socially popular to come out against it. I think he waited until it touched him well, to come out against of, it. And, wait, and waited until it kind of came out of rural say, rural Massachusetts. Because as long as it stayed in the backwaters, who gives a shit? Just let him fucking battle it out. Well, that was the idea. So. Wow, they kept thinking. I think in a while they're like, "Well, this will burn itself out. Like yeah, this all yeah. burn itself out." But then it just it just kept raging. Mm-hmm. Now, while Increase's book could have been a bold stroke against the establishment, he didn't go all the way because of his aforementioned connections. Hmm. Instead, he included a postscript in his book tacitly endorsing the executions by saying that he himself would have voted to execute Reverend Burroughs had he been on the jury. And this is despite the fact that Burroughs's conviction was based on the testimonies of possessed people and confessed witches, along with spectral evidence and nothing else. The mind of a politician has never changed. No. <laughs> it is just that double speak is so fucking yeah. infuriating. Since, since, dare I say, it makes him a witch. Literally since the invention <laughs> of government. Yes. <gasps> to be totally fair, though, Increase did try in other ways to tamp down the hysteria. He went to Salem jail and talked with some of the accused who were still alive. And they not only retracted their confessions, but also retracted their allegations against other alleged witches. So you can kill this group now. Yeah, okay. they did that. All right, cool. They all just retracted. You can go wipe those guys yeah. out, too. That'd be great. That's all you got to do, I guess. Yeah. Increase also wrote that while he did believe that there were dangerous witches that needed to be, in his words, exterminated, oh. it would be better that 10 suspected witches should escape rather than one innocent person be condemned. But like the accusations against Increase's wife, the thing that truly started winding down the Salem witch trials was when cries of witch began reaching people of actual power outside of the backwaters of New England. Yeah, once it got out of shithead town and it started going into big (laughs) shithead town. One girl from Andover accused a, quote, worthy gentleman of Boston of being a witch. But instead of weekly protesting, this worthy gentleman obtained a writ to arrest the accuser for defamation, then sent some goons to deliver the message. And Ooh. that does help the message get delivered. Very yeah. Frank Sinatra of him. Very. Predictably, the afflictions of that afflicted cleared up toot sweet. In addition, other people were starting to realize that those imprisoned in Boston jail might not last the winter, especially considering how two people had already died of jail fever even when it was warm. 
And so, after much public pressure, Governor Phipps finally acknowledged the witch trials to his superiors in England while also saying, don't worry, I'm putting a stop to everything, except <laughs> under extreme circumstances. Just understand that, listen, okay, like, I know it was, it was icky for me, too, and right. we're all kind of upset about the, the what it happened, when how this all went down. We're all uh, kind of upset about it. It is upsetting. But honestly, just like, it's like already done. So don't worry about it. I'm already like I've already been handling. So I didn't want to like make you like get all concerned about it because I was already handling it. So <laughs> it sounds like you're horrified. No. Yeah. Is everything falling apart? No. Is everything okay? Yeah. All right. See, Phipps was able to pass the buck on the witch trials because he said he had missed most of it trying to win a frontier war in Maine. How was it? I even know. How could I even know what was happening? And these fucking molasses trees out there in Maine. You have any difficult any the idea resistance they're the putting resistance, up? They're sticky. <laughs> I love. And then there's all these men. like people living behind them. That's crazy. And it was like, how do you get you? How do you get here? And when he returned, he said, from these frontier wars, the people he'd left in charge had gone just the tiniest bit bananas, oh. which was partly his fault. But not really. I was just like, ugh. It's more just like I couldn't over. My main problem was that I couldn't foretell the flaws of other people. Oh, that's and your it, issue. That you, is my main thing is that I couldn't Do you also see, care too much? I, I'm, I work so hard. Right. Again, knowingly, though, Phipps made his big push to end the witch trials just after an afflicted girl accused his wife in oh, witchcraft. Interesting. Yes, meaning he was fairly content to let the whole affair play itself out until it affected him personally. God, you can just see fucking every time Mrs. Phipps walks down the street and we're just like, ugh. Actually, it kind of makes me think that she must have been like super hot or something because a lot of the times like, if you're just constantly deflecting witchcraft or you're amazed or it's it's one or the other. No, it's either, either or you're, or you're not dork, wearing a You might be Dorcas Horror. Yeah, who's right. a legit, who actually was the only witch in this whole thing. <laughs> I like her. Life from your grave. A roast as dark as the night, perfect for fueling the cryptid research and mad ravings required for your podcasting. Don't mind the red eyes, he's just trying to warn you of the bridge. The bridge. Finally, from the caffeine-addled brains of Spring Hill Jack Coffee and last podcast on the left, we bring you Mothman's Red Eye Blend. Yes, delicious Panama beans. Go to lastpodcastmerch.com to order yours today. <laughs> this show is sponsored by BetterHelp. It says here I have to talk about something I need to get off my chest, and I guess I can share it here. I, I eat mayonnaise for fun. It's a hobby of mine, and it's an addiction. It's a daily weight on my life. How much I need whipped egg whites and oil crammed into my veins as soon as I wake up. And a lot of people carry around a lot of different stressors, big and small. Some people are presidents. Some people are soldiers. Some people have to eat mayonnaise, especially with hard-boiled eggs, which is what I eat for lunch. But I guess I should share that in therapy. Because therapy is a safe place to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. And what I do is I just add eggs if I have mayonnaise left over. I just continue to add the eggs. But if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. I hope they can help me. My God. 
I hope they can help me. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash LastPod today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp! H-E-L-P dot com slash LastPod. Ah, Jules! Oh, Jules! Make a wife smile today. The road to getting engaged can be long and full of memories and pitfalls and landmines. Or it can be short and thrilling, like a roller coaster on the way to the police department. But the road to finding the perfect engagement ring is a straightforward path every time. All you've got to do is head over to BlueNile.com and they're going to ship them rocks straight to your wife's new fingers. On BlueNile.com, you can create a bigger, more brilliant piece than you can imagine. At a price you won't find at a traditional jeweler, Blue Nile is the original online jeweler since 1999. That's present time to me. Their diamond price guarantee means that in most cases, they can meet or beat a competitor's price on a comparable diamond. I know when I got my wife a beautiful Blue Nile necklace, the first thing she did was, what did you do? But afterwards, she was so happy to have it and she loved it and she wore it when we went on vacation and modern did everybody come around being like where'd you get that piece you beautiful woman and i was like stop talking to my wife she's spoken for you can see it with the blue nile bling she's got on her right now get 50 dollars off your purchase of 500 dollars or more with code last podcast at blue nile.com that's 50 dollars off with code last podcast at blue nile.com blue nile.com No matter what kind of work you do, how you communicate is key. All those emails, reports, and presentations are equally important to the collaboration needed to get things done. Grammarly can help. Grammarly is your AI writing partner to help you communicate more effectively and efficiently so you can make a bigger impact at work. And isn't that what matters most? Better writing means a stronger impact. Grammarly works across 500,000 apps and websites. You can't escape it. Like the ever-pervasing octopus of malice that is the NSA. Grammarly is watching your every move, making sure that you're doing it right. Data privacy and security are woven into the foundation of Grammarly, into the very essence of its nature. Grammarly is a secure AI writing partner, and it helps your team make their point and move faster, because that's the key there. Work smarter, not harder. Yes, Grammarly. You know how many times it saves me from writing a long, rambling, one-sentence email at 4 o'clock in the morning to my beloved employees? Makes me sound like someone who doesn't just have a BA in theater. All right, I was taught how to be a tree. I was not taught how to survive as an adult. All right, my job was to cry in front of a weird Southern man who just told me all sorts of weird stuff about my body. I didn't learn how to write. So thank you, Grammarly, because you're making me the boss I gotta be to motivate my team to get out there. Oh, man, you don't want to mess with them. Thanks, Grammarly. Make a bigger impact at work with Grammarly. Sign up and download for free. Grammarly.com slash podcast. That's G-R-A-M-M-A-R-L-Y dot com slash podcast. Easier said, done. 
But even though the witch trials were, for all intents and purposes, over, there was still one more death to go and a few more trials. <gasps> On December 10th, confessed elderly witch Anne Foster died in jail, hmm. but her body was not released to her family until they paid the six pounds owed for fees incurred during her imprisonment. You got slop. You got hay. Right. All right, we had it. We brought in all the crows to scream at them so they couldn't sleep. What about all the tax dollars that we're paying for it? Like, Oh, the, no, no, no. That's no. to pay for our hats. All right? That's for your and fucking also, hats. We're fighting trees in Maine. Oh, God. <laughs> now, in order to just sort of forget that this whole thing ever happened as fast as humanly possible, Governor Phipps ended the court of Oye and Termine and banned any further publication on the subject of witchcraft in New England unless he approved it. He just thought. Hey, all right, we'll all just shut up about this. That's what we're yeah. going to do. And he put a three-year ban saying, like, Look no one can even mention that this happened. Boom. And, you know, and it certainly is not super interesting. And yeah. it's certainly not as, like, one of the most, like, compelling stories about a, a you know, a microcosm wow. of government and religion and all that kind of shit. So you'd be surprised how many people, like, wanted to talk about it. It's totally mm-hmm. forgotten about, though, huh? See that? No. The people of rural Massachusetts, they were, in a way, sobering up from almost a year of extreme witchcraft hysteria. But instead of blaming themselves, they were on the verge of blaming the government for not stopping them from acting like savage morons. Wasn't this kind of on you to make us <laughs> not crazy anymore? There is the truth, because we talked about it in the last episode. The judges on the old, like, as they were coming up, like, the quote-unquote liberal view that they were trying to espouse was this, like, the judges were supposed to need a there was a, a barrier of entry for evidence and accusations and all this kind of shit that was supposed to keep all of this like wildfire right. hangings to, to it wasn't supposed to happen they were no. supposed to stop it the judges were supposed to be there to like make a sense of normalcy but then it's like what happens when mommy and daddy go insane exactly mm-hmm. And so to squelch any sort of opposition that might bring down the fledgling colonial government, Phipps engaged in what author Emerson Baker calls the first large-scale government cover-up in American history. Good work! Ooh, wow. Yeah, first one, American I mean, soil. I'm going to tell him this. It didn't work. Nope. <laughs> no. <laughs> you see, as it is with most cover-ups, this only angered people more because damn near everybody knew someone who had been touched in one way or another by the proceedings. And books criticizing the trials had already been published by the time this gag order went into effect. Among the most notable was A Brief and True Narrative of Witchcraft at Salem Village by Reverend Deodat Lawson. His book held particular weight because it was alleged multiple times during the trials that Reverend George Burroughs had murdered Reverend Lawson's family using witchcraft, and Deodat had published a full book saying, that's a bunch of bullshit. My wife and child died because life sucked and everything was hard. I <laughs> killed my family. I killed my and family. And if I don't get fucking credit for killing my family, I'm going to be pretty upset. About the only person in Massachusetts who didn't or couldn't read the room was Cotton Mather. But Cotton had fucked himself because he'd already explicitly supported the proceedings by attending an execution in person. No mm. one asked him to be there. No, right. you know what I mean? No one asked you to come. No one asked you to be to insert yourself into this whole fucking story. So I'm glad you also got covered in shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. See, Massachusetts was now doing worse than ever. And a public acknowledgement that the government had wrongly executed 19 people, pressed to death another, and imprisoned well over 100 more, it could have brought the whole fucking system down. 
And so Cotton Mather fell on his sword and publicly defended the trials in a highly selective book called The Wonders of the Invisible World, which, <laughs> which, what? yeah, it's The Wonders of the Invisible World. It minimized the use of spectral evidence in the trials and didn't mention any of the public support which some of the executed received at all. Yeah, he tried to retcon the whole thing right, and say, like, right. well, spectral evidence was only used, and he cherry-picked five cases. Yeah. Where he was like, no, actually, there was evidence here, and blah, blah, blah. He was all full of shit because, right. yeah, he'd already, he'd already ruined himself. Sure. And while his sacrifice might have saved the colony in a governmental sense, his obvious dishonesty destroyed faith in Puritanism because Mather was a Puritan leader. Sort of mm. like how like failures in evangelistic and Catholic leadership have been eroding membership in those religions here in the Western world for decades. As far as the rest of the accused or confessed witches still in prison went, 50 were rotting away by the time the court of Oye and Termine ended. Most of the cases were thrown out for ignoramus or lack of evidence, but 21 were still tried. Mm. And out of those 21, three resulted in guilty verdicts. Now, while the court of Oye and Termine was done, Chief Justice Stoughton, arguably the driving force behind all this mass death, he was still in charge. And he signed a warrant for the execution of the last three witches and all of those who confessed during the trial. Yeah, he wasn't done. Like he no, wasn't he wanted every he wanted them all dead. He literally so wanted he was another a, 25 people hanged. He was a true believer, I guess, or refused well, to acknowledge that he was wrong. I, I think he was a true, true believer. It maybe a little bit of both. He's well, a real sheriff Joe Arpaio. From what I read of him, he was not that honestly, I don't think he was a true believer. I think that he was he felt that it was politically convenient and he had already gone this far. He had yeah, already right. killed 20 people. And then at this point, he's like, Well, if I now say that I'm not going to execute these th the, all of the rest of them. It's almost the, rude to the 20 that are dead. It's rude. We want to respect the 20 that I already killed. Yeah, yes. We're going to need to kill 21 more. Yeah. Wow. But in a last-minute decision, Governor Phipps, eager to just get all this bullshit over and done with, he reprieved the eight that Chief Justice Stoughton was trying to murder and had them all released without telling Stoughton. Run! Run, witch! Okay. <laughs> And then she flies away in a broom. Oh, God damn it, we let her get away. And so, when Stoughton learned of the stays of execution upon the next court session, he walked out of the court in a huff, like it was the last scene of an 80s teen comedy where the Ugh. cool kids save the summer camp from the stuffy curmudgeon all at the last second. I have to, I have to agree, that damn talent show was entertaining. <laughs> After that, every remaining accused witch was acquitted, but were freed from jail only after they paid their prison fees. Mm. Oh. One last little, make sure the government always make sure. Mm -hmm. One last little bill. Mm -hmm. Nice. Elizabeth Proctor, wife of executed witch John Proctor, she returned to her farm with her newborn baby to find that authorities had stolen everything. Oh, great. Similarly, Dorcas Hoare also returned home to an empty lot. But then she did the thing. She crossed her arms and blinked and like witcher nose and like all her shit just showed back up. Bewitched. But perhaps the saddest postscript is that of Tichiba, the woman who was forced to kick off the whole affair by the one who enslaved her, the Reverend Samuel Paris. See, even though she'd been the first accused in January of 1692, she wasn't tried until May of 1693, having mm. spent a year and a half behind bars. 
Her confession was rejected because it was all based on spectral evidence, but she, like everyone else, had her jail fees. Mm. Reverend Paris legally still owned her, but he refused to pay and instead sold her to someone else to cover the seven pounds she owed. Mm. Tichiba then disappeared from the historical record completely. But as far as what happened to everyone else, Governor Phipps ended his governorship in 1694. But incredibly, he was replaced by Chief Justice William Stoughton, who yeah. ruled until 1701. It's almost like they gave Jesus. him that to be like, you know what? In the end, thanks for killing a bunch of people in the yeah. new state. <laughs> you did what it takes to be a great governor. You really did. You fucking you really made it. So wow. we our tax dollars were spent well on those ropes. Wow. After Stoughton, though, came Joseph Dudley. And with Joe Dudley, the Puritans were no longer in charge. Ooh. I mean, Dudley's a cool guy. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Joe Dudley is pretty it's nice. Dudley, Dudley, baby. Yeah. Dudley, Massachusetts Dudley. then became a full royal colony and remained so until 1776, motherfucker! Whoa! 1776, fuck! Whoa. 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 It's happening again. 1776. It's all over again. It's going to rise again, 1776. <laughs> <laughs> Now, perhaps not surprisingly, the Reverend Samuel Paris did not win any popularity contest for basically setting the whole of Massachusetts on fire for an entire year. What did I do? I mean, you just ruined everything for everybody. Yeah, you did it. Yeah. What if I wrap the Lord's Prayer? <laughs> well, I love white rap. <laughs> Well, furthermore, all the petty grievances that Samuel Paris had with Salem over pay and firewood, the shit that arguably started all of this, still hadn't been settled. Yep. And it would oh, continue God. for years after the trials. In other words, Paris played his best hand, got 23 people killed, and wait, excuse me, yeah, 23, yep, 23 people killed. And lost. And then just the, he also didn't get his fucking firewood. Look, that's like a mean. bitch. He played his best hand. He didn't get anything. He got now nothing. He, he got, I, got, I he... got to kill 23 people. I mean, that's pretty <laughs> sweet, isn't it? Yeah. How many people have you fucking killed? Not 23, man. Now, he did apologize for his part in the trials, and he apologized <laughs> hey, for the acceptance of spectral evidence. It's like it didn't happen. <laughs> it, yeah. it did apologize. happen. It really did happen, though. It was like two years later. He was given a sermon. And uh, he but, only kind of half apologized, too. Like, he didn't yeah. really give it all the yeah. way. It was a very much a sorry, sorry if... Sorry uh, that happened for yeah, you, but... Yeah, sorry if me uh, getting all these witches killed. I'm sorry if that offended you. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry right? if you felt like that about yourself. <laughs> that was just kind of mean, mean that you did that. Yeah, well, I'm sorry for it, so get over it. Okay. Yeah. This, however, was not enough for his enemies in Salem. He spent six fucking years arguing and fighting and then finally stepped down as minister after his contract ended. The people six of Salem years. did not get rid of him. And then he stayed in Salem so he could sue for back pay. Oh, my God. What a fucking jackass. Yeah, I mean, he's they got this is the city on a hill, man. This is this idea that they are all it's this, the, the Puritan ideal. Just be a fucking asshole in the woods. I need five cords. Cords, please. Finally, they just gave him 79 pounds just to fucking go away. Get, the get out of here. Get out of here. Paris then spent the next 23 years moving from town to town, arguing about pay in every location. He switched from minister to school teacher to shopkeeper to farmer. 
And finally, Paris died in 1720 at the age of 66 as an absolute fucking failure in everything he ever tried to be. Uh, how dare you, Marcus? He inspired four episodes of our show. That is very true. <laughs> that's and a big again. deal. That's a, and I feel like that's equals everything that went on. <laughs> 23 deaths. Yep. 23. That's something. That's nothing to shake a stick at. You can shake a stick at a bunch of corpses. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it doesn't do anything. Interestingly, though, it only took the people of Massachusetts five years to realize how badly they'd fucked up. Usually it's a couple hundred. In 1697, they observed a fast to acknowledge their wrongs, and 12 jurors from the witch trials signed an apology asking a pardon from God himself. Okay, hear me out. We're not going to eat bread today. That is that is what they did. <laughs> oh, hey, my God. Okay, hey, listen, hey. You're going to be kind of hungry for 12 uh, hours? Can I just do it for eight? Sure. Because <laughs> okay, cool. it doesn't fucking bring anybody cool. back. Nine years after the fast, Anne Putnam Jr., the most vociferous of the accusers, she went before her congregation to read a statement of contrition. Said, I'm sorry. Now, she still blamed the devil for deceiving her. Good. But she did say that for her part in the trials, she desired to lie in the dust and earnestly beg forgiveness from those that she caused sorrow and offense. I'm sorry for everything. And I'd also mm. like to point out that I have not eaten chili in the past nine years out of <laughs> respect for the corpses. Mm, and I've avoided most of the beans that I like. And, and there is many beans that I, I love wish I could eat. I love and beans. I, and, anyway, so I've done that. I did so. Yeah, I'm I almost the victim, aren't I? Now, that's going to be hard to do in Massachusetts in 1692. It's a, a bean-based bean diet. It's yep. a tootie people. Now, some believe that this apology by Ann Putnam Jr. was an admission that she was knowingly lying the whole time. Personally, though, I think Ann Putnam Jr. started as a case of true conversion disorder, but she eventually got caught up in the scene with all the cool older kids. And she kept up in the ante until someone simply told her to stop. And it's just very <sighs> difficult to pull yourself all the way back. Think about all of the families that have lost people to fucking QAnon. I really do mean it. Like, And once you have sunk so much of yourself and your time and your energy into believing something that is absolutely total horseshit, that also leads to societal chaos and actual death it is very very difficult to then come be like sorry like this is the closest that you get you go like you know the devil is still real you have to package it in all of these right. things and still be like i you know but uh, hey let's buy guns be guy guns denver airport what's going on at the denver airport oh no now it's <laughs> honestly a lot of delays i know that <laughs> well i'm putnam jr she remember she was only 12 yeah. When all this shit happened. That's why which is, she was traumatized and she yeah. went through it and she she had to deal with a lot of shit. Like, yeah. and I, in a way, I feel like that she, I, I, I yeah, agree but, with you. Like she was having a, a trauma response at the time and then it just got pulled into the lore. Well, the older yeah, girls. like 12 that was going a big part on 40 at yeah. that point though, right? What? Back in the day, 12 years old wasn't 12 years old. It wasn't like it is now. They didn't, they didn't have My Little Pony. She was an adult. Well, they had yeah. ponies, but they had actual yeah. ponies. Yeah. yeah, but her brain, I mean, still formed at the same rate as humans today. Yeah, you know, right. it's and she's still under the sway of older girls. You know that she wants to impress. That we humans, no matter what time period, always have a need for societal acceptance. And I think she very much fell into that. Oh mm -hmm. yeah, and at the time, being a witch was super fetch. Yeah, not, not fetch, me. Huh? I'm, a, I'm a lone wolf. Me and my 12 biker buddies are lone wolves. <laughs> and we don't hang out with anybody but ourselves but me and, and my a couple of other people. Friends and their yeah. girlfriends, yeah. But I'm a lone wolf, yeah. 
Well, even though the people of Massachusetts apologized in 1697, it took until October of 2001 for the government to officially declare that the 19 people executed were innocent, which I suppose what? is done to make people feel good about something after 9-11. 9-11 it had to happen Dude. for us to admit that, oh my God, okay. I don't but know. in a moment of insane synchronicity, which makes me very nervous about doing the fucking Manhattan Project in the future, the last person to finally be declared not a witch was Elizabeth Johnson Sr., whose name was cleared the day before we released our first episode of this series. Just got pardoned. Not a witch. Not a witch. <laughs> Officially. But when we're talking the long-term consequences of the Salem witch trials, it didn't just come down to the fact that they effectively killed Puritanism as a religion. Although that was quite consequential. Oh, yes. Apart from that... Salem required the Christian leaders of the New World to heavily examine how they talked about Satan to their congregations. This is one of the very few, we saw it after the Black Death too, but this is one of the very mm. few moments in history where you see a moment of people understanding that we're, we are, we need a change. Like something has to change. Well, they're going to call him the much cuter Beelzebub. Yeah, we have to yeah. get, we have to modernize. We have to move forward. It's a moment of historical post-not clarity. Yeah. Oh. See, they realized that if you spent all your time telling people that an all-knowing, all-powerful evil force was roaming the earth with the purposes of committing evil for evil's sake and destroying their way of life, if you kept saying that shit all the time, people mm. are eventually going to want to do something about it. And as they blatantly saw on display in Salem, this sort of rhetoric not only causes intractable community divisions, but also inevitably leads to violence and death. Because you're fighting a war. Right. right? Yes. You're literally fighting a war against the devil. So people are going to die in that war because you're fighting against a concept that doesn't exist. I always like post I like I like pornography with storylines. So I, my post not clarity is usually like, you know, this episode of Seinfeld was really that good. Because <laughs> <laughs> I jerk off to Seinfeld. He's been, yeah. he's been saving that. Because I jerk off to Seinfeld. Actually, the, the Seinfeld porno parody was pretty good. I do like it. Oh, is that right? It was, yeah, I like it that was one. pretty good. It was yeah. pretty good. Yeah, Sasha Gray's it's in the scene men. with uh, no, 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 Sasha, no, Elaine, dude. That yeah, dude. No, I know, yeah, but it's because it's the, the whole plot. Men. No, the whole plot. But those men have sex with women with other that women. show up because remember they're always dating. They're yeah, always they, dating. George yeah. fucked a lot. He killed yeah. his fucking fiance. That was her fault. No, it wasn't. <laughs> it was his fault. He got her the poisoned envelopes. The funny thing about the porno parody is that the actor who plays George, they got an actual uh, George-like man to play him, and they never let him have sex. <laughs> yeah, he doesn't <laughs> fuck the whole thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah the whole thing is that the, the plot, very quickly, right here at the end of the fucking series, uh, the plot is that <laughs> Elaine goes to the porno Nazi instead of the soup Nazi. She finds the best porno uh, shop in all of existence, and that's the... That's the plot. Well, it seems like that show's about something, isn't it? Yeah. Isn't that interesting? All right. There you go. And so, ministers in the late 17th century stopped talking about Satan so much because they recognized that going too negative turns any belief system into a death cult. It then eats itself from the inside out while also taking a lot of innocent people with them. Mm -hmm. I was a really interesting passage in the Europe's Inner Demons kind of talked about how like this, what this did was that it kind of put witches and all that kind of shit on the back burner for about a hundred years, like up until the, the early 1800s when that fervor bucked back up. It was, it con was considered during the 1700s, it was basically considered the idea that there was a gigantic cabal of devil worshiping witches that was so debunked 
that no one even really talked about anymore. That's They're like, well, that's, yeah, that's dumb stuff. Yeah. But then it wasn't until the 1800s when a bunch of literal like comedians, guys who made up like and tricksters made up this like bunch of fake evidence about which trials that didn't happen. And it brought the whole thing back up again, which Great. is where we're at again 200 years later. Fantastic. <laughs> Well, ministers therefore sent the devil back to hell as an entity that waited for sinners to arrive instead of tempting them here on earth. With the devil as tempter gone, Christians then took more personal responsibility for their sins, and Satan largely disappeared as an earthly force in America until the Great Awakening 30 years later. So Satan just basically, he had it easier. Yeah, mm -hmm. he, 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 chill out, he got to work from home. Yeah. Mm. So, while it does seem like our current divisions in America will never fucking end, have faith that we're currently in the middle of just another satanic cycle. And if history does indeed rhyme, we may yet have a few decades of peace to look forward to here in the near future. Now, that is an actual positive ramification. Was it? Of our series. I mean, no. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if it's going to happen. I don't, I don't know. know. Maybe. I, I don't, don't know what he's I, saying I, happens. I, I mean, I history so also I mean, rhymes, but then like, you know, I don't I don't know. I mean, I mean rhymes I, with I, nuclear bomb? I mean, that's, we've dealt with this before, I mean, since 1945. Yeah, it's. I mean, it is hopeful that, you know, that but the bomb doesn't go off anywhere. Uh, but, you know, if the Salem witch trials and as it ha has happened dozens of times throughout history, if it's any indication, Satan always gets really big and then gets deflated. Uh, a lot of people usually have to die in the process. Great. Yeah, uh, awesome. a, a very large portion of the population, an outsized portion of the population usually has to die first. A lot Fantastic. of people's lives need to get ruined and all that. Yeah. Sure, but then eventually absolutely. everyone goes, uh oh. Um, Yikes. And then oh, they kind of, yeah, and then they kind of. <laughs> Did then I they, just come uh, back from a diner with that egg on my face? <laughs> oh my goodness. Yeah, no, it's just, it's all the same. All right, Salem Witch Trials, everybody. There it is. Wow. You mentioned eggs, by the way. I watched Triple G, Guy's Grocery Games. He doesn't like and eggs. And I'll tell you one thing. Speaking of tricksters, his son tricked Guy. He said, Guy thought it was going to be a bacon challenge. It was an egg extravaganza challenge, and Guy doesn't like eggs. No. So well, that's just cruel. That's just a boy pranking his It was pretty cruel. Yeah, really a lot sad. of people have to die. I'm just glad it's one last thing we could learn. <laughs> We've made it through a month of witches, and yeah. a fucking 500-episode celebration is now well, over. But that's right. Next episodes, we're very excited when we come back from our little break. Uh -huh. Obviously, there'll be some episodes where you're gonna, you're gonna, you're gonna, don't worry, you'll be entertained. But I'm very excited for this fall and what we have Absolutely. ahead of us. Then we got some good old fashioned weirdo topics. We've got blood. I'm very excited for some fucking some weirdo shit. Absolutely, the next episode is gonna be all about Virginia Slims. You're gonna love it. Uh, it's the more <laughs> feminine cigarette. I actually like them, but you gotta suck hard to get that smoke. I know you do. All right, everyone. Well, thank you so much for listening. We hope you're doing well out there. It was and, awesome uh, to see you in Vegas. Yeah. Check out. Last comic book on the left, issue de, yeah. on Z2Comics.com. Get that pre-order. It's fucking straight. Yeah, Drink some of that fucking coffee. Sweat. We got to fucking honestly. That's what Spring I was. Spring I was fueled with it, man. Yeah, I know you've had a you've had an interesting tummy week. All right, yes. everyone. Well, thank you so much for listening. Hail yourselves. Hail Satan. Again. Magustalations, everybody. Hey, man. This is, you know what? If you want to be the queen of hell? Yeah. If I can make sure everybody knows this week. Absolutely. Also, bring back the name Dorcas. Yeah, honestly, yeah. I'd like to see some Dorcases out there. Absolutely. Yeah. Why I'd like not? to see more people out there calling themselves rampant hags. Yeah, man. Be mm -hmm. one this week. Absolutely. This show is made possible by listeners like you. Thanks to our ad sponsors. You can support our shows by supporting them. 
For more shows like the one you just listened to, go to lastpodcastnetwork.com.